Are you a bunch of car fuckers? Yeah, we're car fuckers, so what? You should be ashamed of yourselves. Why? Oh, no reason, just that you're car fuckers. We're only guilty of a love for which there is no name. Oh, there's a name, actually. It's called car fucking! You crazy motherfucking car- Police! We're sorry! Police! Police! Don't apologize! You know what I love about Alberta? How much everyone just like wants to fuck their cars. <laughs> the Edmonton, Edmonton is such a, a automobile city, and it turns my stomach. <laughs> uh, hi, this is Queer Horror Call. I'm Laurie. I'm Aria. And we're here talking about our dumb shit again, so that's cool. Uh, it's no secret that I fucking hate cars. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about that at length on uh, here. I'm sure I've definitely been on twitter about it yeah i just i don't get it yeah i can't say i really get it either and i and i am a motorist yeah yeah i I am such a uh, like public transit though let's put trains everywhere yeah 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 no i I want metros i would love to live somewhere where driving is like i do this once in a while to like pick someone up from the airport or something yeah it's not mandatory to like do anything to exist and get around I suppose one of the big things they're doing here that's, like, controversial is they're talking about, what, like, 15-minute districts where the idea is that every, um, or it's a proposal that all of your necessities are within a 15-minute walk of anywhere in that the city. Like, that's how they want to structure it. Amazing. Yeah, but apparently, like, regardless of how you feel about cars, apparently that's, like, a controversial, like, no, we got roads and sprawl. We need it that way. It's like, how are you fucking mad about making your city more livable for you as well? Literally. For literally everybody. Um, but yeah, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> but anyway, so this is why we're doing yet another car episode on this show. Um, this was also an excuse to do something right or wrong that we've done, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we we have done a car episode before, and we realized after the fact, and I think we've even talked about this, Mm -hmm. that we completely forgot about Crash. And like the David Cronenberg one, not the other The good one. one. The the one that's worth watching. I haven't seen the other, so I can't speak to it, but I assume you're correct. Yeah. The the one that that should have won Best (laughs) Picture, not the one that did Did. win Best Picture or whatever. This Uh, is what, 99? 96. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think 99, I don't know. 1996 is Crash. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> this movie's great. <laughs> it, it is something. So yeah, Crash, what's not to love, you know? It's, um, if you're a car guy or if you're a pervert, those are the two things. <laughs> those are the two genders, car guy or pervert. Mm-hmm. A lot of crossover, yeah. a lot of bi-gender yeah. stuff happening. This movie's very bisexual in the classical sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Crash is uh, based on the novel by J.G. Ballard where it's just talking about the transformative experience of the car crash and being that it's uh David Cronenberg you know all of the all of it gets in there the messy sex and like the weird like 
yeah, I'm horny for this one, guys. And that's what I kind of love about this movie. So, so like, the plot is we have the self-insert. We have the Mary Sue of Ballard in the movie. You know, it's, yeah, okay. Like, Isn't that a Gary Stew because he's a boy? All right, yeah. Hey, no, there is that, like, a boy called Sue or whatever. True. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he's, like, this producer who's just, like, constantly having sexual liaisons, as is his his wife. Are I they think married? so. Long-time partner, at the very least. Yes. Yeah, significant other. His nesting partner. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> um, yeah, they're having liaisons. He's, like, a film producer and all that. And uh, when he gets home from it, he and his uh, partner just, like, casually talk about like like oh yeah I, I boned this dude and it's like I didn't come though and it's like did your person come and it's just like oh no I got interrupted yeah and so like you know this is just their I love how something that depending who the audience is they're already living a, either a totally debauched life or in the way the movie projects it completely suburban life like it's just like <laughs> the movie makes it just like these are the normies doing the normal thing whereas like heteronormative society is just like oh my god Heavens to Betsy, they made a pact with God Look and they broke it. Look at these Toronto elites. Yeah, um, so that's, that's kind of what I love right off the bat. Cronenberg is like being like, yeah, the the boring normalcy that's being interrupted is already like harder than most people are willing to go, <laughs> and that's kind of great. But still manages to make it like kind of weirdly sterile. Yeah, I, I think that that I, I read stuff that that was kind of by design. To I, I, I would, movie, I would yeah. imagine, yeah, um, for all of it. But yeah, uh, there's something clinical yes. about the anything like high emotion in Cronenberg movies. Mm-hmm. It's like the emotions are there, but they're like off. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I feel like almost if they perfected AI technology <laughs> for like make people robots or whatever. Cronenberg would be the best director to direct these AI robots. He's just like, I'm going to program my actors to do this, do this sterile movie in the best way. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, because you have all this debauchery and this stuff that's like, would be, you know, controversial depending on the company. But they, yeah, they also, it, it's like horny, but like also like anti-horny. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Detached horniness? And I think I it's know. almost got, like, the sheen of, you know, that sort of, like, mid to late 90s porno chic aesthetic. Yeah, like, there's, like a, it, there's a glamour to it, but at the same time, it's so, like, detached. Yeah, like, the first few sex scenes reminded me of just, like, those, like, Red Shoe Diaries kind of shows <laughs> and all that, like, the score, the way they're shot and all that. Just rubbing um, your bare titties but, like, over the said, airplane. It, it's almost, like, emotionless. It's just, like, they're just going at it. It's... You know, like yeah, it's like, it's no wonder you didn't come, it's so boring. Yeah, uh, but this this gets uh, flipped upside down pretty quickly when... Um, Ballard. What is it, Ballard, yeah, played by James Spader, uh, gets in a crash, the the, the titular crash, you know. Yes, it's one he's, of those, like, he's distracted driving. Screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. what is it, like, it's just a bunch of porn in his footwell? Like, well, no, I thought he was, I thought he was looking at, like, looking over a script while he was right, driving. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, because there is a bunch of porn in his footwell, yeah. but we that's revealed later. Right, yeah. If I remember correctly. Uh, but, yeah, he gets in an accident, and uh, the, the two cars are there on the motorway, just, like, they're both fucked up in it, like, we got... Yeah, they, it's a head-on collision. Yeah. And uh, Holly Hunter's in the, the in the other car, I believe, is the passenger, maybe. Yes. And they're just staring at each other. Meanwhile, her husband went, like, through his windshield into Ballard's windshield. Yeah. And it was just, like, this really aggressively violent 
uh, car accident. Mm -hmm. Like dead on impact kind of thing. Yeah, and they're just like staring at each other, and she's just like, I'm going to rip my jacket open in the confusion, and just like immediately they're like, hey, let's throw some nudity right into the proceedings of the car crash. Like, like we're not even going to, we're not going to build up to this. Mm -mm. This is just how we're fucking going. Mm -mm. And uh, I think that's where the clinicalness that you're talking about works really well with him in that everything's just stated so matter-of-factly, yeah. no matter how extreme or not extreme it is. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a good point. But then we get to uh, his whole body's on display in his movies, where it's just like uh, everyone's all, like, scarred up from the crashes, like... Uh, yeah, metal cyborg stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, like, their, their body's all fused together sort of in the hospital bed, and that's where the movie gets, like, less clinical, if anything. It's just, like, almost porny in how yeah. it, like, looks over, like, yeah, you got all these metal titanium bolts in your leg, holding your leg together, and it's just like, hell yeah, let's linger on that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I, it would be interesting to see if you could, like, recut to, like, your stereotypical porn soundtrack those scenes <laughs> like with the porno bass and the sex and you know oh, the sweet sounds of fucking that going. would be a fun project yeah man this movie's hard to like encapsulate in a plot yeah well because yeah because you're watching yeah. it and you're just like what's happening it, it almost feels like a, a bunch of vignettes just yeah. one after the other uh, maybe it's because the the book itself is pretty episodic oh okay i haven't read it um it was a weird book Really? But it's a weird movie. So, yeah, I, I don't know which one's weirder. I know uh, Ballard himself is like, said, I, I think it was this one that I read this about. He's just like, yeah, the movie's better. Oh, like, wow. It's just like, this adaptation rules. It slaps. <laughs> it's nice when that can happen. Where are we in the plot? Um, the hospital, James Spader and Holly Hunter encounter one another. And, it, and then at this point, um, Vaughn. Vaughn. I almost called him Vince, and I was like, no, it's a V Vince name, Vaughn. but that doesn't Vince sound Vaughn right. Vince Vaughn just walks in. <laughs> From Freaky, yeah. straight off the set. Uh, no, the Vaughn. <laughs> come, and he, he seems to be, like, hospital personnel, and he's really looking over James Spade, or sorry, Ballard's uh, wounds and, and, and his scars and things, and is taking this very, like, kind of perverse interest in them. Yeah. Where it's this very, like, gratuitous, like, oh, let me get right up close to this and, like, with like I could like reach out and lick it kind of yeah. thing like it's the very that's the part where it gets starts feeling kind of charged mm. and you're like this doesn't seem right yeah <laughs> this yeah. is kind of uncomfortable yeah he's just like that that inappropriate doctor and then you find out it's like oh dude's not a doctor like it's a hundred percent that it's always sunny thing yes. when they like are examining the poop and they just ask him like if he run test he's like oh I'm not a doctor I just Came I, here to look at poop. Yeah, I'm just here to play with some poop. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a tall. medical doctor. I just wanted to, like, gawk at your scars yeah. and, like, cream my shorts a little. Yeah. But it, it's interesting how it builds from here, because there's not really anything spoken. It just kind of happens mm -hmm. that he's drawn into this world, as is uh, Holly Hunter. Um and the conversations about, like, the, the ethos. Yeah, it's Cronenberg, so of course this, like, new paraphilia has an ethos yes. to it. This weird, unspoken draw, this sort of fatalistic, like, yes, I this is my destiny to become mm -hmm. a car pervert. And, and we're all just drawn together from all these different walks of life, and yet we find each other. Because yeah. what, what ends up happening is it uh, gets drawn into Vaughn's world, and the people in Vaughn's world are people that they're car crash enthusiasts they're car they, ca crash stands yeah they stand car crashes it's um 
It's how they get down. There's one character, I believe it's Patricia Arquette mm-hmm. playing, uh, where she's just completely scarred up, wearing like this full body brace, presumably from some nasty crash, possibly given their lifestyle, multiple mm. nasty crashes. And they go to a car dealership, and she's just like, hey, let, let's uh, let's get into this car and like feel the erotic power of it while just totally... I don't know, are they cucking the dealer? Is this like a cuck scene where it's yeah, like the car it's, dealer? It's, they, they're including the dealer in like yeah. in something yeah, that go, he unwittingly... Yeah, like there's a car salesman and it's just like, can you help me into this car? I want to make sure it... it uh, yeah, can you help my like nude legs into yeah, this my, car? Yeah, because uh, like she goes under the auspice of, like, uh, I need a car that fits, like, these frames and stuff, because she's got a car that's completely, like, uh, all the pedals are attached to the steering wheel, because mm. she can't use her legs uh, very well. And So, uh, she went, yeah, she's like, I need a car that's, like, accessible yeah, to yeah. Some, somebody with a body like mine. Yeah, and as uh, she's getting in, she's just, like, jerking off James Spader through his pants or whatever, <laughs> and then it cuts to them, like, fucking later. But instead of, like, fucking he's, like, doing her car, like, frauding her fucking scars <laughs> up her thighs. Yeah. It's wild. And it's done with the same sort of eroticism that, you know, people would call this, like, an erotic journey. Like, the credits yeah. would for, like, those kind of movies. It's like, if yeah, it was, I'm, If it was normal in I'm Big using, Scare Quotes. Yeah, I'm using the yeah. quote-unquote damaged bodies. I'm recontextualizing yes. this in, in this way. And the movie treats it like their bodies aren't damaged. They've evolved. Yes. It's wild. I also kind of love how it shows, uh, like, it, it, it takes a neutral position on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, this is how these people get down. It's important to them. And I'm not going to shame them for it. But I'm also not going to, like try and elevate the ways that they are kind of degenerates at times. Like, Vaughn's a monster. Yeah, well, yeah, the thing that really struck me this time was when um, Ballard's, like, wife person, whatever she is, is all, like, horny for Vaughn. And then it's like, oh, like, I'm gonna fuck him in the backseat of the car wash kind of thing. And then after, her body is, like, she's bruised. She's, she's, you know, bite mark. Like, like, she looks like she's been in a car crash, potentially. Like, like she's been in some kind of, like, violent event, and she's just kind of, like, frozen in it. Yeah. but yeah, I thought that kind of like, even during the sex scene. Yeah, um, she's like, she's in pain. Yeah, it's, like, just, like, on walking that line between like ecstasy and, and pain, yeah, kind of thing like it's uh really well done. Yeah, yeah, and then and then after just seeing the aftermath with all the bruising and everything, you're just like shit. Like, yeah, I don't know what to think here. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and is that bef- is that the the scene where they have the really weird pillow talk, or um, is this or is that scene that's before a- it? That's a yeah. I think I think the weird pillow talk is before it. Yeah, because yeah, she's all like, she's like, tell me about Vaughn. Would you fuck him? It's like, tell me about his ass. Describe his penis to me. I want to hear what his anus is like. Yeah, and it's just like it's done completely in those clinical terms. Yeah, too. And while they're fucking. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's so weird. Uh, and I, I kind of love that for it. Like, <laughs> you know, as I mentioned before, I'm so over horny culture in so many ways, and like horniness and stuff like that. But it's like. This is great horniness because it does it in this weird clinical... It's like uncanny horniness. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's uh, what happens when you, like, the bots have come to life and it's like, I'm going to take porn and make an NFT of it or something like that. <laughs> That's what we got with this movie. But yeah, it shows all these people kind of, like, giving in to their lusts, which, you know, is that is that a... 
comment maybe on like uh, how much emphasis society puts on sexuality because oh, like, they're gonna be like is it a comment on car guys i think it, <laughs> we'll get into that right after too but it's one of those things where you know like sex is kind of raised up as the that's it you know yeah. nothing else in life matches well, this i love level. that like and these people fucking die for it yes yeah exactly for like the for like the ultimate climax yeah like the person who's just like oh, who's who's the celebrity they're impersonating do you remember Oh, they're, because they're, it's the Jane Mansfield one. The Mansfield crash. Yeah. Like, I'm going to recreate the Mansfield crash. My head's going to come off and I'm going to yeah. like, come so And like, you didn't wait for me. Yeah. He like, okay. So his buddy who does car Vaughn crashes. Buddy. Like, Vaughn's buddy. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the first time we really get an insight into Vaughn outside of this fake doctor thing is they're recreating the, the James, James Dean, Dean crash. Yeah. And his buddy who's like in the car with uh, Vaughn who gets all fucked up in the crash he does this. This is his thing. Celebrity car crashes, and he wants to recreate the, uh, the Mansfield them. crash. And you know, he's like Vaughn is just like when he when he they come across this car crash scene and realize that it was what he did. Yeah, this guy um, whose name we're forgetting. Yeah, he's just obsessed with it. He's like, oh my god, it's genius. You even got the dog, and there's just like a fucking dead dog in the back of the yeah. car, and it's just like this is beautiful. It's like you did this without me, but you did it yeah. perfectly. And like uh, the wig comes off, and it's like just blood splattered into the roof of the car. It's fucking gnarly. Mm-hmm. And it also shows how um, destructive uh, sometimes people's, like, sexual obsessions can be when it comes to, like, uh, prioritizing it mm-hmm. over other people. This is how he gets off, and he's prioritized it to the point that there's all these wrecked cars, and there's dead people. There's mm-hmm. people that are bleeding from the head just out of it. And then like, the rest of them are voyeuristically walking around, taking pictures, and yeah. cruising through, being like, oh my god, this yeah. is art. It, it, it's like an orgy that no one else consented yeah, to. It's yeah, so fucked up. That everyone else died for. And uh, it kind of reminds me sometimes of when you hear people talk about, like, th- like not 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 the majority of people, but, like, the really hardcore people talk about, like, you can't kink shame me kind of thing. Where it's just, like, um, regardless of what you think about the kink, you just fucking killed a bunch of people. Yeah. That's not cool, bro. I, I still, one of, my, one of my favorite things that someone I ever heard somebody say was, I'm not kink shaming, I'm kink asking why. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, to kind of go back to what you were saying about, like, is this a comment on, you know, the, the position sexuality has and yeah. sex and everything is pinnacle that's kind of made out to, but taken to this extreme through paraphilia. It makes me think of that, that quote that's like a meme at this point where, I, um. so I don't even know who said it, but it's like, everything, everything is about sex except sex, which is about power. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's this movie. This movie encapsulates right? that totally. so much. And that that line, like, straight up, you know, like, going so far into, like, the existential, like, French philosopher, you know, like, orgasms are the little death kind yeah. of thing. Like, it just completely blurs in the fact that, like, Vaughn's ultimate get-off is when he's trying to run Ballard off the road and he, like, spins out and goes over the barricade and fucking blows up. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, the car crashes through a bus and someone falls out on fire kind of thing. And that's just, like... Like, the car chase is him edging, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then when he fucking crashes, it's just like, there's the nut. Yep. It's like, you could, I, I want to see, like, you know, there's that account, like, Pinland Empire and other accounts where it's just the side-by-sides. I want to see the side-by-side, uh, like, the gif of the car going off into the bus and Johnny Knoxville coming out of his brain at the end of Dirty Shame. <laughs> because it's like, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the exact same, exact same scene. Yes. 
Uh, but even for for Ballard, it it gets too much. Like and because um, he he like drives his own wife off the road, mm-hmm. just like runs her off the road, and then pulls over and goes to her car that slipped over, and she's fucked up, but yeah, she's still like, like she's out. still like there and all that stuff. And then they just start getting down in like the the fucking. Uh, the little grassy break between the lanes. Yeah. And and it's just like, maybe next maybe time. Maybe next Pierre's time. Like, maybe what? Maybe, yeah. Maybe you'll die? Yeah. You so finally the, get your nut? Like, yeah. damn. So the movie, like, really goes hard on, on like, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that it's cars is very specific mm-hmm. in, in a very important way because you could do other things. For and, sure. And, uh... Like, you know, another great example of a movie blending sex with death would be necromantic. Right. That would be, like, this kind of thing we've been talking about sort of distilled into its most literal mm-hmm. form. But the car thing is so important because, like, especially in North... At least in a North American context. Yes. Um, which is where this movie was made, where we're watching it from. Like, people love their cars. They're obsessed with their fucking and cars. are built around them. Yeah, it's, it's, seen, it's seen as more of a necessity than, like, health care. In this place where it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I hear more people complaining about the potholes in the road than I hear them complaining about spending hundreds on their medication that should be covered. Um, But it's just, uh, it's seen as such a necessity to life. And they're one of the biggest causes of uh, fatalities. And injuries and disability and, yeah. No, one thing I actually was kind of struck by watching Crash um, was... So I'd seen it once before in that yeah. Sex on Screen course back in, like, 2013. That was the last time I watched it as well yeah. before this. Uh, but you had seen I, it before. I had seen it at least once before. Yeah. No, I'd seen it twice before because I remember a friend in high school was like, oh, I got this really horny movie. I taped <laughs> it off of HBO There's or movies something. There's in it. And basically that. And, like, this friend was fucking wild, okay? Like, would always do that. Just be like, hey, check out this movie. It's a dirty movie. It would just be the most fucked up shit ever <laughs> but there's boobies like um of course you know i can't fault this friend forever because uh he also introduced me to chud nice so yeah anyway so it's been all, you know better part of eight years yeah which is insane to say but what did, what did you notice this time well i noticed as somebody who has worked as a psychometrist specifically assessing people for ptsd following yeah. motor vehicle collisions and not just ptsd but also like you know, depression, emotion, change, but basically any signs of psychological injury yeah. that then we, part of my job would be like, I do the assessment, do the interview, run the, the test, like the, the one for PTSD. And then based on what they told me and what the results say, make a recommendation to their insurance company saying this person, you know, either has PTSD, has subthreshold PTSD, whatever. And we recommend trauma treatment and right. that you cover it as part of their benefits for recovering from, motor vehicle collision and so seeing so some of the so yes having worked with a lot of people and assessed a lot of people uh in in the who have survived those circumstances yeah i noticed that there was almost a bit of like sort of like trauma bonding happening with um ballard and holly hunter's character where like they both return to see the cars and they're talking about like like why is there so much traffic on the road now? Like, don't you notice that now? There's yeah. like three times as much traffic. Oh, I love that angle. That was so Yeah, cool. again, that just makes you think of like, because it's part of something you see a lot, even if somebody doesn't have like full-blown PTSD, yeah. they'll have a lot of hypervigilance and a lot of like, I am always watching everything around me. And anytime a car gets too close, I think a collision's going to happen again. But the sense right. of like, you're so hyper aware of everything around you now that 
you know, there might not actually be more traffic on the road, but it'll feel like there is because it's just that's Absolutely. all you're alerted to. And this like re-experiencing it again and again and this kind of like push and pull between like avoidance versus like approach and like wanting to do something either to relive it or to try and master it in some way. And so, right. and yeah, just this, the sense of taking, taking this thing that happened, they're like, Oh, it's supposed to be this like violent, horrible, destructive thing, but actually it's create, it's creative. It's a creative force yeah. that like builds it, re renews, it does all these things. I saw it kind of as like, Oh, I guess, I guess that's one way to like make meaning from yeah. this terrible thing that happened to you. Cause part of healing is being able to like make meaning from it. It's very, uh, Camus or Camus or whatever. Oh yeah. It's pronounced where it's just like, you know, life is meaningless and absurd so it's up to us to make yeah meaning, and that's you know? very much the thing i subscribe to like i know some people yeah. are like oh no you have to find meaning i'm like i'm sorry there's not like an uncharted island out in the middle of the ocean where meaning is waiting yeah. to be discovered like we we create it we don't i think we can feel like we come across it and like learn things that make it seem like we discovered something but ultimately like we create it for ourselves I can agree with that. I am in no way a nihilist, but I am definitely an existentialist and absurdist. Totally. Yeah, 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 exactly. Things. Like, I don't think there's inherent meaning to be had, and that's terrifying, but also really, like, exciting, because it means you can do what you want. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's just like, oh, so there is no greater plan, there is no meaning. I'm still here. Yeah. So, so now what? <laughs> so, you know, like, whether that's for a reason or not, yeah. here I am. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think, like, a big, big thing with with trauma can also be like the sense of like needing to have mastery over it so if it right. turns into this like oh it's made me into like this evolved god it's giving me superpowers yeah. kind of thing versus like it makes me think of especially when it comes to like the sexualizing of it in this case is you'll have people like every once in a while there's you know discourse online about like is it harmful if you have like sexual kinks that are like reenacting traumatic things that happen to you and you know getting choked or get you right. know, getting tight whatever and some people are like oh that's terrible and others are like well this gives me a sense of mastery over it i can control it and if anything like by sexualizing it i'm taking power away from it yeah. and making it something that serves me yeah so yeah so i saw a lot of stuff in there where i'm just like oh this is kind of interesting playing with trauma and yeah. the you know weird shit that can come out of it and yeah. I, I say that without judgment just that like it's in, weird. In, it's it's weird. fucking weird. Yeah. Like, and I, I mean that like I, objectively. Like, like I'm oh, fuck. It's why it's why our I'm, brains like, are wild. I, I'm not into sex positivity anymore. I'm not into body positivity. I'm into neutrality. Yes. It's not Me negative. Too. But if we try and it's like it has to be good, we have to yeah, elevate it up. Then, that's causing other problems. Well, exactly. You know? It doesn't. It doesn't leave as much room as would be desired for like ambivalence yeah. or actually i've had some shitty experiences yeah. or you know whatever let's acknowledge the fact that our bodies do disgusting things and, the and that way, doesn't make them and bad us seeking these things is fucking weird the, nothing negative about that yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think dis disgust or weird i don't think any of that is inherently bad no well, it often know. has like a negative connotation but yeah being very explicit here where we're saying like in the way that we're using it it does yeah. not we're like, just I mean, like, it's, it's fucking weird, man. Brains are weird. They do weird things. Yeah. Bodies do weird things and they're kind of great. Yeah. Many, many ways, understandably, but you know, it's the addiction that everyone in society has to avoiding negative experiences. Yeah. Kind of thing where it's just like, I get it. Who, it's, who, yeah, who it wants to feel like shit when you can feel good, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, this avoidance I think is doing more harm than good where it's just like, oh no, now I'm ill-equipped to deal with yeah, it I when don't it have inevitably happens. And I'm just like, yeah, because I'm not like, the, yeah, the idea that like the only way around it is through it. And the longer you put that off, the longer you're prolonging yep. it and just dragging it on and often just 
doing the thing is a lot less terrible than all yeah. of the shit we put ourselves through to avoid it. That's probably why I love these movies so much, is they're truly about miserable things, and they often resolve in miserable ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's fucking great. I think that's <laughs> cathartic. I, I love that about yeah, these. Yeah, there is something cathartic about it. But uh, it, but going to what you were saying about the, the cars um, almost being like a metaphor for what we actually see, like maybe there are car crash fetishists like there's a community oh, of them like this well there, there's some there's something for everybody right yeah, exactly but like this movie makes it seem very established sort mm-hmm. of thing uh but you know going off stuff that that you know i'd say you're more you're more layman you're more normate would have heard about the way they do the car crash in this it's just like autoerotic asphyxiation totally you know they're just like they're they're toying with the death to yeah. get a better get off kind yeah. of thing you know, with that, it's someone hanging themselves, being like, damn, I wish I had a spot, or this, it's just like, damn, I wish I put my seatbelt on, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I wish I had, like, a death-proof car. Yeah. Oh, man. The, but then that was part of the appeal, too, is they're like, there's no cage, there's no nothing, like, this is yeah. full, legit. Yeah, yes. Because, uh, yeah, like, and it's interesting, if you, you want to talk about this in terms of, like, uh, sexual experience and sexual trauma, potentially, like, maybe both, Vaughn shows that very explicitly and not just in the way his body is scarred mm-hmm. and all that, but he, he, he makes a point. He has this whole monologue about his uh, car and it's the same car and mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't fix it. He doesn't like the dents are still in it. The paint's still fucked up. He, he says he does just enough to keep it driving. Yes. And that's it. Otherwise the car is just like totaled. And uh, I'm wondering how much that has to do with the idea of like, you, you, you keep these experiences with you. Like, mm-hmm. oftentimes it's in trauma, but perhaps it's also in more um, revelatory experiences. Yeah, and even when it comes to healing and stuff and, like, moving beyond when you've been in it, like, I know one of the things that I've seen in some trauma therapies is, like, let's, before we begin the work, let's check in and, like, see how you're feeling. Because there can be ambivalence there where it's, yeah. like, you, on the one hand, like, yes, I don't want to feel like this anymore. But on the other, what happens when I don't? And that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. At least this is familiar, even if it's miserable. Right. And so sometimes you'll have some, yeah, ambivalence to go through of, like, yeah, things are going to change after this. And are you prepared for that, re- regardless of what it's going to look like? Yeah. And so sometimes that can then look like, okay, I'm going to cling on to this because at least it's familiar and it feels safe enough in that way. Instead of going into this, like, new unknown, potentially very scary, very different way of being. But on a a bigger social level, I think it's also great that they picked cars specifically, like we've been talking about the the last little bit, because because of how, as I I, I mentioned, it's seen so much as a necessity Mm -hmm. to life. Ubiquitous. Is it, uh, this movie points finger at everybody. You know, it's just like, this could be you too. Yeah. You never know. um, it also points to the uh, the death drive in everybody, <laughs> where it's just like if you think about it, yeah, they're they're like the most dangerous thing to people in society, like like for 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 death. They're and definitely all that. up there, and we willingly do it with enthusiasm, and it's just every like, friggin' day. Strap you know, your kids in, strap your loved ones in, yeah. It's like you hit fourteen, you should get your learners. You should start learning how to die, kind of thing. <laughs> like that's what they're going for. It's interesting to see this uh, brought more explicitly to the forefront of entwining this danger mm-hmm. with, like, the joy of life kind of thing. Yeah. It's cool, I think. Uh, it's fucked up, that's for sure, but it's <laughs> cool. 
God, how have we like made it this far in the podcast and and only covered Cronenberg this much? Yeah, because like, we've done video drone. We've done video drone. We did the fly very That's early. Right. Did we cover rabbit? I don't remember. We had planned to. I don't yeah. know if it ever came up though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say on Crash? Just because I feel so scatterbrained about this one. Yeah. Not like that the, the thoughts aren't there, but it's just like there's so fucking much they going are, and, on. And just that there's just the format of the movie itself really yeah. lends itself to that kind of like scatterbrained, like, oh, there's this, but then there's this, yeah. and oh, let's go back to that. And, yeah. Yeah, in a, in a very sort of classic storytelling sense, other than the inciting incident of the crash... This movie doesn't really follow a conventional plot narrative. Yeah, it has a very distinct kind of form that yeah. I think has been reflected in our conversation yeah. about it. Oh, I guess um, just a couple other points is uh, in how people like engage in what could be considered more normative sex in this is still very much informed by this like weird car thing going on. Because, uh, like, Holly Hunter. Oh, it's almost like her husband dying. She's freed from this constraint of a relationship. <laughs> but she only has sex with people in cars. Yeah. Like, she's specifically like, yeah, I'm having sex with these different people in cars. Right. And it's interesting that it's like, so is that, like, a new form of a marriage? Like, what's going on there mm. with um, her thing? I really enjoyed how the bisexual aspect of this movie was just there. The extent of, like, a conversation about it for James Vader is, like, would you, like, suck his dick or something like that? And he's just like, I don't know. He just kind of, like, doesn't answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just, like... And then he does have a experience with Vaughn. Yeah. Like, like, a more typical sex experience, I guess you yes. could say. And the movie just puts it in there, like, along with everything else. Yeah. And I found that kind of refreshing. Even if Vaughn is kind of a creepy character at times and uh, very negative, he's not really in this context. Mm-hmm. And that was refreshing because, you know, I think a lot of other movies could have really just been, like, played that. I was like, oh, my God, are you gay now? Oh, my God, look at these fucking freaks. The rest of this stuff is fine. But this? Ew. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's almost like Cronenberg's just, like, you know, like, I could just see an interview where someone's just, like, so I hear there's some gay content. He's like, bitch, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't nothing compared to the rest of this. Yeah, he's like, um, I was hoping you pay attention to, like, the car shit. Yeah. To the paraphilias. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have uh, responded to this movie in a similar way with the positivity that we're sort of giving it. Because I remember when it came out, it was just kind of shit on, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Like, it, it got a weird reception, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, but I now, mean, not surprising. <laughs> now I mostly see positive hmm. stuff for it. Like, I do have a friend who has described this as being, like, a very... Like, this movie is, like, almost like a sexual revelation watching this movie kind of thing. And I've seen other yeah, people see say that online. And it's, part of it is, uh, depending when you see it, too, it's uh, just so different mm-hmm. from what is normally put at you. But it's from, that the truth. it's from a big director who's done studio films yeah. with A-list stars in it and all that. And it's still just being this brand of weird. Mm-hmm. And I, I really respect so. that about it. We watched the 4K that Arrow put out yes and it was just like i i I think the last time i'd seen it was on some dvd from a long time ago well yeah we watched we would have did we watch it at school or did we watch it on our own i think you might have watched at school i don't think i watched it at school i think i saw it i just can't remember if you were there for that yeah because yeah because they did that they had the the lab i guess they call it i think i specifically did what i i I often do is i'm like i'm just gonna stay home 
and yeah. do my homework and, and watch it. because I have access to it for stuff mm-hmm. that I didn't have access to. Like when we did Deep Throat, yeah. it's like I don't have Deep Throat. I don't really want to go and buy Deep Throat. No, so, so we're going like, to have the communal experience go. of watching it with our classmates. That's a very fun that sidebar. Fun. That was hilarious because um, the doors have windows in them. <laughs> And they, like, taped up paper on the front one, but ignored the back yeah. door. And uh, someone went out to, uh, I don't know, get a drink, go to the washroom or something. Yeah. They said this afterwards. And it's like, when they came back, there was just, like, a student sitting there, like, eyes wide, <laughs> like, horrified, looking at the window. as like, like, in hardcore porn was playing. Yep. And, and, like, cl- oh and a class of, like, 100 people But But do you remember what, what they said this person said? It mm-hmm. was just, like, you don't want to go in there. You don't know what they're doing in there. And she's just, like, this is my class. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. Was that was so funny. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, no, I really like Crash. I think it's good. I think it's, um, well, I, I don't even know if I'd call it underrated now. Fair. Maybe it's the circles yes. I swim in. But, uh. It's slept on, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad it's getting the reappraisal. It probably deserves. Mm-hmm. So, next. What do we got Next. Next is a piece de resistance. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think of something French to say. I probably yeah. said it wrong because I'm really bad at a French accent. Yeah. Um, we watched the Wunderkind movie of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, which is so funny because I, I was saying that I saw a commercial recently for that new Venom movie where they have a quotation being like, selling it, be like, oh, it's got to be the most insane movie of the <laughs> year, right? I'm just like, mm. I was, and this was, you know, a day or two, I saw this commercial after viewing Titan. So, yeah, I just kind of burst out laughing and was like, oh, mm, nope, nice try. Yeah. I, have, I don't even have to see it to say that that is so wrong. I'm not going to weigh in on the whole, like, MCU debate right now, because, you know, I I find it obnoxious on both sides at this point, but I do think it's very telling of, like, the different experiences people have with cinema when, (laughs) you know, someone would say that about a movie like Venom. I haven't seen it, to be fair, I haven't seen it, but to say that about a movie like that, when, like, I don't know, I I, I, I would be hard, if, if Venom versus Carnage or whatever is even half as crazy as Titana, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> totally. I will watch it immediately if sure. that's true. Yeah. Um, Let us know. I'll say right now that we're going to get into this movie because it would be impossible to... Basically, we'd end the episode now if we were to Just being like, oh my god, it's we'd just insane. Be like, we saw it, go see it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into it, and I definitely want to warn here because I think I really loved knowing barely anything about it like I, I i knew there were cars i knew that there was sex stuff because i saw like the trailer when it first hit mm. comes and it was like okay familiar with that part of it i don't know what it's about though and i really appreciated not knowing that going through it like at, like because we were gonna see it together yeah but i was really sick that day yeah so you went alone and then i i went by well i went sick. with i went i mean yeah yes you went with other people couple of friends yeah. um i went alone about a half week later, but like mm-hmm. as soon as you're you're done, like as soon as you're out of the theater, you're just you're just oh my fucking god! <laughs> yeah. And then I was just immediately like, do not tell me a thing about this. Movie. Yeah, don't tell me a single thing. So, I am so amped for it. But yeah, so I highly recommend seeing this as blind as you can. Yes, I realize this is us once again saying, hey, here's a podcast we're recording that you should listen to, but don't listen. Don't to listen it. to it except under these particular circumstances. Yeah. But like this movie is. I fucking loved it. It's unreal. I loved it. It, it so lived up to the hype. Yeah, and um, 
I always try to temper my expectations, yes. too, because it's like, oh, it's not going to be good because it's so overhyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that the more I sat with it, the more it's like, oh, God, that was that ruled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, see, and if you can see it in theaters, it is yeah. one of those ones that just having the, like, surround sound, because the sound is so yeah. important in it, and the visual, like, it's just, it's, it's a whole-ass experience. It's funny. And... Ugh. It's definitely funny you mentioned that because uh, I've, I've seen a lot of discourse lately, uh, discourse on a film Twitter, uh, film Twitter, where it's talking about like some people are like, you haven't experienced a movie if you don't see it in the theaters. What? The home video. And then other people are just like, oh, theaters should just close because I can stream everything. And it's the future. Get over it. And, you know, like, it's that dumb shit where everyone's an idiot. Yeah, let's just, like, like, just shut up and let people enjoy shit. Yeah, and make two extremes and ignore all the, like, that's like, well, they serve different purposes. And the different, like, do you want your movie going to be an individual or communal experience? And, yeah, like... But but anyway, since that, since that conversation's been, uh happening Mm -hmm. again it always comes around Mm -hmm. uh i i had that in mind a little bit probably when i saw this and i'm realizing you know people talk it's like oh it's the big screen you got to see it there get immersed in the movie it's like this theater doesn't have a particularly huge screen that's true yeah like it's not tiny but it's not particularly huge for a movie no imax yeah and i always sit towards the back anyway yeah so the screen's pretty small like i get more of a visually immersive experience at home on my giant tv from the distance i sit but the movie theater is so good because of the sound. Yes. Like, even when I had a good sound system, nothing compared to a movie theater sound system. Yeah. Like, nothing. So, I really appreciate the theater experience on the sound design more than Absolutely. I do the visuals. Well, that was, like, um, when I went and saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, the I original. I am so sad. That, that's the, the, the only time theater. I've regretted having depression was because it made me miss Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Yeah, I actually saw it with the same friends. And yeah. because I, I'd always, like, liked that movie, but just having the... I I never fully, like, experienced or immersed myself in the sound design and the sound, like, the experience of that movie. And being in theater, like, my skin was crawling. I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. I I feel so uncomfortable. I can only imagine because uh, I remember the first time I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre was on a VHS tape bought Mm. from the video store when they were... Like slowly turning to DVD. This wasn't even when they were closing. They were just getting to DVD, so they started selling tapes off over time. I bought it there. I'd never seen this movie. I just heard the title in Infamy. And even on my shitty TV that was a tube TV, that's where I watched it the first time from, like, the fucking I'm, 70s or something. Uh, like, it was a grandparent's yeah, hand Yeah, and this VHS yeah. tape that's been watched how many, re- how many, how many times, times through mono speakers. And I just remember the fucking sound design, because I cranked it as high as I could on this stupid TV, just, like, immediately put me in the zone. And, um... I was a bit of a chicken shit back in those days. I've talked about that, too, that I was such a scaredy cat when it came to horror movies, so I don't know why I love them so much now. <laughs> but back then I was. Uh, I had to fucking turn this off halfway through, mm. middle of the day, and so much of that was the sound. Yeah. Like, like I think I I knew the sound. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think I fully recognized or appreciated it until it was literally, like, surrounding me. Oh, yeah. I imagine if I see like, it in a it theater, was... hopefully someday, inshallah, yeah. um... It'll be the same experience. Yeah, just it, like, oh, I thought I'd experience so this. And so, back to Titan. Definitely. Is, right off the bat. Yeah. You feel the movie right off the yes. bat. Like, the bass just hits you and your skin ripples and it's just fucking and, perfect. Yeah, it's so good. And then, because, yeah, just in that opening scene, like, with the kid in the car. And, yeah. like, because I, I never saw, when they showed shots of her, I never saw her really, like, screaming or anything. But every time they showed the dad, they had this underlying sound of this kid just, like, whining. I, I was confused. I, I thought, like, I was expecting the camera to eventually reveal 
the sibling in the car doing right. that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you realize that's not what's happening. No, it's not. But it's there. And I was just like, and this was, you know, just like I said, the first shot of the movie. And I was just like, oh, shit, if the whole thing is like this, I'm screwed. Yeah. Because that's one of, that's like one of my weaknesses. I can handle a lot. But as soon as you get that like high, that high pitched, like young child shrieking. I find it shocking that you whining. like the Baba Duke, given that. Oh, my God. Yeah. But yeah, so we start with this uh, kid in the car. Uh, what, what do we have? How does yeah, we go? have yeah kiddo in the backseat of the car. Dad's driving. Kid is, you know, kicking his seat and just being a general nuisance, pain in the ass. And uh, so dad's getting kind of pissed off, understandably. And at some point, kiddo undoes her seatbelt and starts, like, you know, climbing around. And he's like, and so the dad's scolding her and like, you know, get get back, get that done up again. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you have to be safe. And in doing so, they end up in a car accident. Yeah. And uh, we see... I feel like the lives are car accidents, startings. Like, yeah. That's how fucking right. Roth starts. <laughs> totally. There's a lot of crossover with Roth, Yeah, we'll, so we'll talk about that too, yeah. Yeah, and um, so we see, because Kiddo's not wearing a seatbelt, she goes flying, like, blunt force head trauma against the window kind of thing. Ends up in hospital and ends up with uh, scars on the side of her head where titanium plates have been... Yeah. fused to her brain or to her skull basically and we get one of those nice surgery scenes where yes you, you get a close-up of them putting the plates in mm -hmm. and a bit of like you know learning how to walk again and getting mm -hmm. regaining motor function and this kiddo once she's released from the hospital first thing she does is runs up to the car and like, she like embraces caresses it yeah and like embraces it. it and gives a little kiss on yeah. the window and then it's just like title card yeah kind of touch her. Uh, <laughs> as they as they love to do today yes you know like that that's kind of getting a bit old but whatever um <laughs> yeah and then yeah. fast forward to her as an adult and we get this really great i'm pretty sure like one take yep. shot for a while where this weird car show with a bunch of, of uh, car babes. Yeah, a one taker on in, in like the the Gasper Noe way, not in the nineteen seventeen way. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the good way. Yes, in the in the yeah. in the keeps you guessing yeah. way. So Alexia is now a what do we call her? Go go dancer because she's not stripping, it's, it's very but it's 21st very first century go go dancer yeah. in that it, it has like those like very strippery moves and yes. blended with almost like a modern club dancing mm -hmm. blended with like everyone's favorite twerking of course of course and cars and cars sexy yeah, cars twerking on the hood of the car yeah. Mm -hmm. I think As that's, like, does. the trailer shot kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I remember you telling me that because I hadn't seen the trailer. You're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's some car fucking. She's, like, you know, thrusting herself on it at yeah. one point. And that's how we went into this movie. And uh, so, yeah, she doesn't seem like a super warm kind of character. She's yeah. kind of intimidating and standoffish, and, and we love her. It's funny because it starts in that very much, like, oh... Who's she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, oh, that's who she is. Oh, that's her. Okay. <laughs> but early on, we get another character introduced in the showers, and it's like, like you pointed this out, the connection. Yeah, yeah. It's the star of Raw. Yeah. Like the main character, I don't Garance, I think I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. Marie, mm -hmm. the star of Raw. And she introduces herself as Justine, which happens to be her character's name and in Raw. And as you reminded However, me, Alexia, Alexia is her older sister. Yeah, in Raw, Ra. that's the name of the older sister. Different, Not the same. Different same actress. actress. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I so I, at first I was thinking, because I forgot about that when I was watching yeah. the movie, so I was like, oh my god, is this part of, like, the Raw oh, extended it'll universe? It'll actually come up a bit later, too, because Andre was the 
gay dude that she fucks in Raw. Same as Andre. Oh. Yeah. Oh, crazy. So, yeah, it's just it's all over the place. So, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's like AU Raw. Yeah, this is the the French New Extremity extended universe, and it's like that's the only extended universe I care about. I mean, this is an alternate universe because I don't get the sense that it's the same Justine. No, no. Unless you're really dropping. I say that so flippantly. I was like, oh my god, is this like this? This is how this is after Raw. So probably not. Yeah. But there's something happening there. Anyway, yeah. So that was a nice surprise. And uh, soon after, Alexia is followed by a fan out to her car. Who's a creep and oh, big shocker! Yeah, I know big. A car, a car bro who shows up at at, at you know twerk warehouse and follows a lady to her car, running after her at night when she's alone. And it's like I want you. I'm in <sighs> love with you. She kills him. Very greatly. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, and that is yeah, that's that establishes who Alexia yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, fuck. It's so weird how this movie plays too, or like the first act mm-hmm. feels like a very big divergence from the rest of the movie mm-hmm. in certain regards. Like, I mean, it, it all ties together. It, For sure. it flows in a way, but it's just you know, like going off the the first um, half hour of the movie or so. And then compared to what the rest of the movie is, it's like, I could not have expected it coming. Mm. Um, But yeah, she is shortly after that, like right after that is kind of where the movie goes super body horror and gets into this (laughs) where um, she goes to shower because like he's fucked. Like when she kills him, she takes her titanium hair needle out that's yeah. like holding her bun up and sticks in his ear like she's yeah. like and he starts like him. foaming all yeah. over her and he just goops all over her like convulses and, and foams from the mouth all over her and so she goes to shower mm-hmm. it off um by the way that uh probably one of the best sort of like promotional things apparently <laughs> they made a bunch of titanium hair needles and gave them away like to space grade titanium and like that fucking rules with a like disclaimer on it like this is to be used for hair and only hair yeah um, but she goes and showers to get all, like, the... The, the goop. The, the boy goop off. Uh, wait, that sounds like something else. Well, you know, whatever. Anyway, she does that, and she starts hearing pounding at the door, and she's just like, oh, shit. And, you know, like, it's set up like she's expecting someone to be there, but the movie... Mm-hmm. Even at this point, like, I wasn't... I assumed there was going to be no one else on the other side of the door. Like, the movie just sets it up as, like, oh, she's fucking has this weird... Yeah. She's in an alternate reality herself. But when she goes out, all that's there is this, like low rider with flames all over it <laughs> that's like beckoning her from the warehouse so she just completely naked walks up to it climbs inside and then fucks the car Gets fucked yeah they fuck you yeah. know like you know it's just like this like crazy and like industrial scores happening while the car is like bucking up and down and yeah, she's like and she, getting off yeah yeah just like writhing around titties bouncing yeah it's car. nuts <laughs> like, it's something all right and then we, we cut to her with her family, and she's complaining of abdominal pains. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Uh-oh. this movie can't be going there, because that doesn't make sense, but it does. Yeah, and that's actually something that, um, because I was, we were trying to figure out how to say the name of it, and I was asking my sister, who's a French major, and she's like, well, I, I think it's this, but she's like, let's look it up, there's a video Maybe they'll say the name of the movie in it. And instead it was just an article. There Maybe a video was embedded in it. But I saw something about, like, after a serial killer has sex with a car and gets pregnant. Yeah. I was like, what? That, that's like, and I just, like, stopped reading there. And I was like, that's all I need to know. That's, like, straight <laughs> up, I'm pretty sure, how um, 
Metro Cinema describes. They have like a blurb that doesn't really tell you what's going on, but it does. It probably raises more questions than yeah, it answers. That's it. The descriptions for this movie, you're just like, I'm sorry, what? But then when you see the movie and you see the description, it's like, that gave everything away. Yeah, you're just like, that That said it as plainly yeah. as they could. Like, it's matter of yeah. fact, and that, that is what happens. Yeah. And she hooks up with Justine again, mm-hmm. too, like pretty early on. And we also have the seeds of what's to come planted where they're talking about, like, missing kids. Like, it's yes. the anniversary of this this boy who went, went missing, to, yeah. uh, like, and after 20 see- years ago or something. Yeah. Like, that. Like, I don't know. Not ex- at least 10. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it's this, and so they have the digitized faces. So I remember thinking, like, okay, we just saw her kill somebody. Is this, like, her past? That's what I thought. I thought it's like, oh, she's been, ever she's since been the accident, accident she she's been murdered. Like, is that, yeah, what's going but on here? I mean... Very possibly that has been happening, but that's not what this is alluding no. to. Oh Turns man, out. unless it is. Maybe. Oh, that's dark. Anyway, she hooks up with Justine. One of the uh, scenes that made me probably cringe the most. The nipple. Yeah, she's piercing. like biting at her nipple piercing. Yeah. And, like, almost rips it out. Yeah. With her teeth. I was like, no. Like, I'm like shaking thinking about yeah. it. And then, yeah, and then d- does the preg- like takes a pregnancy test comes back positive and so she like takes her out her like hair thing again and tries to perform an abortion on herself and just the like that's also like uh, and it's literally and this, like right after yeah, yeah and this is and then the sound that was another one with the sound design i was just like oh my like yeah. every time this thing is like hitting against her cervix it's like oh, thump, thump, and you feel it in yeah. your bones and it's like oh yeah and then um when she reaches Good down between God. her legs it's not blood it's motor oil yeah and it's yeah, just yeah. Like, oh, this fucking movie's insane yeah and oh, there was one thing I did want to talk about. Uh, the rating in this province. Oh, yeah. In Canada. I was I was looking it up. Um, okay, so this movie, I remember, like, uh, I, I realized it was probably going to be playing here soon because it got a listing on the Alberta Film Classification Board's play. Oh, okay. Page. And sure enough, shortly thereafter, Metro's like, we're showing it. Uh, it got the R rating, which, for the non-Canadian listeners, which is the vast majority of you guys... Which kind of sucks in the sense that we're not local favorites. I love that we have this reach, but it's just like, hey man. <laughs> but anyway, um, for for people out of this, that's like the highest rating you can get here uh, for a movie. That's like it, most of year. Yeah, it's not like the American R. It's equivalent to NC seventeen. Yes, and that's what this got here. And when I, I finished the movie, I was just like, really. O- okay, I guess you know. There's lots of sex and violence together, and I know that kind of gets people's goats, but. It didn't seem that bad. Anyway, when I was looking up info, just to make sure I had like the, the like names and stuff right for this episode. Turns out that's only in Alberta because in Canada they rate it by province. They don't rate it for the whole country. Mm-hmm. And in BC and Saskatchewan and Manitoba, so the provinces around us, it's 14A. <laughs> it's the equivalent of PG-13 kind of right. thing. And Holy shit. nowhere else in this country has it rated as highly as it does here. And I fucking guarantee it's because of the abortion scene. Quite possibly. I 100% guarantee it's the abortion scene because we live in, like, the most conservative place in all of fucking Canada right now, and it sucks shit. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. It sucks it shit. I mean, you know, like, our, our, our dear leader, Jason Kenney, started, one of the things he started with was being an anti-abortion activist. Yeah. Kind of thing, or activist. activist. He was just a career politician, but yes. he... Anyway, yeah, is that libel? I mean, it's all true. Whatever. Yeah. I fucking guarantee that is why... Yeah, I, I would yeah. not be surprised. Uh, but then she goes back down to the party because she's just doing this in the bathroom at a party, I guess. Or at least, at a, well, we don't realize it's a party. We think she's just like hooking up yeah, with Justine. Yeah, right at Justine's <laughs> house, the big mansion that Justine's in. They're hooking up, and 
seemingly apropos of nothing, but we're starting to get a sense of this character. She pulls out the the, the uh, hair needle and stabs her in the face. Yeah. And as this is happening, a couple comes down the stairs, and so she like fucking brutally kills the the boyfriend of the couple or the dude that's coming down. Uh, very possessor like when she sticks like the mm-hmm. the chair leg in his yeah, mouth and fucking right. sits on it. Like it reminds me of the fire poker scene in Possessor. Mm. Um, that was another that. one that made me go like, Ugh. yeah. Like I think there were three moments that made me like. There were four for me. What was the other one? It comes later. Okay, and she runs upstairs with the fire poker to go and kill this woman. When another dude just comes, I was like, oh, is there a lineup for the bathroom? And she's just like, how many of there of you are there? And, yeah. like, the fucking whole theater just erupted in laughter. Oh, yeah, it's so... Middle of this really horrendous scene, and it's just so fucking so funny. so funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she kills the whole house, goes Fucks home, off. and, like, burns her bloody clothes, and then she's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna let this happen. So she, like, locks her parents in their bedroom and lets the house burn but down just, like, with them in it. just, like, leaves. And, like, that's the setup for the plot that is quite... Like, this doesn't tell you anything of the plot that's going to come. It just kind of sets up... Well, other up, than establishing she's pregnant. Her, yeah, it sets up her circumstance. Right, the pregnancy plot for sure. Uh, but basically, what the rest of the movie is, is um, to get away from the police, because uh, one of the people from the house party runs away. And, yeah, isn't and, it the woman? Yeah. yeah uh, she the escapes. The Justine woman. And, and um, they have a description a, of police. Yeah, they have a sketch of her, of, yeah. of Alexia. And so she's like, what do I do? And once again, sees the... They're like, oh, this boy that went missing, this is what we think he would look like now. Yeah. And decides, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become him. Yeah, this reminded me so much of that, uh, different kind of setup, but, like, sort of, like, parallels. Um, it reminds me of that 2018 movie, Nancy, starring, uh, uh, Andrea Riseborough, where, uh, there's, they're doing, it. they're doing the same kind of thing. Like, these people, it's like, our, our kid has been gone for 20 years, and, like, you know, this 20th anniversary, we're doing this thing. And here's what they might look like today, and it kind of looks like her. So she goes to the parents and is like, I think I might be your your mm. kid. Because she doesn't remember her childhood. Oh, okay. But she's also, like, a chronic liar for attention kind of thing. So the whole movie's just like, so is she or isn't she? Sort ah, of thing. It's a good movie. One. I really liked it. Saw Sounds it in good. Berlin at the film fest. That's why I haven't seen yeah. it. But yeah, so she, uh, this is also where this movie kind of gets even more queer. Because, I mean, we already got some of that queerness with the, um... Fucking up with the lady. Yeah, but, um, she disguises herself as this boy. Yeah, so, you know, the really crude binding of the chest. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, oh, go on, like, a forum, talk to a trans dude. They will all tell you, don't use ace bandages. Yeah. That's, like, the worst way to bind. (laughs) And then the other scene that made us both cringe horrendously. Yeah, breaking your nose. Yeah, like, oh, my nose doesn't look right, so I'm gonna smash it. Into the fucking sink. After trying to punch a bunch. Ugh, that was harsh. That yeah, was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. Just so much dread <laughs> leading up yeah. to it. But then the dad is asked, of the missing boy, is asked to come and... and like, identify this identify person claiming it. to be your son. And just immediately is like, that's him. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And it, the seed of doubt is already there. It's like, okay, does does he look that close to him? Or, or is uh, this... The dad's just like, I, I'm just accepting that this is him. Yeah, because this is all I've dream- hoped for and dreamed of for yeah. the last decade. Yeah. That's kind of... The rest of the movie is almost that relationship between mm-hmm. them building. And it builds in the most weirdly aggressive, violent kind of way. Mm-hmm. Where 
I don't know, it's really it's really weird. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. to say the least. But throughout these positive emotions, like you know, like in this case it's building like family and love and mm-hmm. all that are still tied to such destructive forces. Like yeah. uh in the first have it's like you know like the car and then like the uh the murders during the 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 house party and then there's a bit of the fire there but then in the second half the uh the new dad is a firefighter Mm -hmm. and so you know like fire and burning and that kind of stuff really becomes an important aspect in the movie like you see it a lot yes and um like at one point alexi now going by andre who was the uh, Adrian. Adrian, thank you. A- not Andre. Adrian, but that was the boyfriend from Raw. Oh, okay. The from Raw. It was the same same name. Okay. okay. Um, Adrian. At one point, trying to fuck the fire truck. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's just like, damn. <laughs> this movie's a fucking trip. Like, I don't even know what to say about the second half of this movie. Yeah, you know? but it's just, like, yeah, these weird, like, family building. Yeah. Um, I purposely didn't look up too much stuff that the director's been saying about this movie mm-hmm. yet because I felt it would be kind of pointless to just be like complete regurgitation yeah. of just like it's like go watch the interviews with her that's Fair. better don't don't like just let us it's like oh our content is just gonna take the words out of her mouth because I was also wanting to make sure I knew how to pronounce the movie mm-hmm. uh, I did look up this interview and I caught like the first two minutes and she said that the movie's specifically about love yeah and like trying to explore it. And she said she did that because in Raw, she realized she had such a hard time talking about love. It's Mm. like, you know, I can show all these other things like lust and violence and all that stuff, but love is so hard for me to talk about. So I decided then my next movie is just going to be about love. Love it. And that's what this is. And especially knowing that it's like, I see it, but also this is the most twisted way to do Mm. a movie about that. While still being so like weirdly heartwarming and endearing. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. This movie is heartwarming in the worst ways. I love it. (laughs) Yes. It's uh, complicated. Yeah, it's so fucking... It's so fucking fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> In the best way. Yeah. yeah. I guess to tie this into Crash, uh, I, I think the, the big sort of theme you could say in both of them is the car is a fertilizing event yes. through destruction. Yes. And it's very literal in a very metaphysical way in, into tone. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking bonkers, man. One big difference that uh, I thought was worth talking about in terms of this movie compared to Crash was in how sex is valued and viewed in the movies. Because Crash is very much about the idea of sex as pleasure. It's like very stripped into this almost hedonistic sort of thing. Whereas with Titan, there's the big pregnancy plot. Mm-hmm. It's a huge part of it. And so that's, you know, like sort of going into the biological imperative or however you want to frame it. Right. Like Crash does talk about crashes, at least as generative and that becomes like orgasmic and whatever for them. But it's not generative in like the same way as a literal pregnancy is. Yeah, because it, it, you know, it's generative of the self, you know, like like um, you talked at length about trauma. And how these experiences, both in terms of the crash in this movie, but in terms of uh, the way people's sexuality can relate to their trauma, can be restorative for themselves. Mm -hmm. But this is like, I don't know if I'd say regenerative so much as just generative. Generative. Yeah. Yeah. So why cars, though? 
why is it just the baby daddy's a car? <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have an answer for that. Yeah. I guess if it's the same car that she was, like, grinding on and everything earlier, uh, she she wooed it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Because, because, she put on her mating display yeah. and it was like, yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah, let's get into those bio <laughs> Let's get that motor oil up in you. Evolutionary biology. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, yeah, I'm grasping at straws. I assume it was that car, given that like the very next scene is her feeling weird pains in her abdomen and her dad does the little doctor exam yeah. on her. So I assume it was that car that knocked her up. Unless she's just been like, you know, she's been running a train on all She's the autobots. run through by, uh, via cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, shit, I did the whole convoy. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, power, you know, do, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, do what you want. That's not a shamey way. That's, like, a good for That's you. in the, like, shit. Yeah. This movie's already fucking weird. Why not? Yeah, get some. Yeah, yeah. But it's also interesting that, you know, the movie is very much focused on this pregnancy thing when it's uh, through technology. You've got to wonder if that has anything to do with the anxieties over technology assisting in birth you know right, like, like that, assisted that, reproductive technology yeah it was like test tube babies back in the 80s and all that kind of stuff yes. and um getting a little science fiction with it but you know we're getting closer in every day the idea that the womb can be an external apparatus that's right. all machine and technology right uh so do you think there's sort of like a tech fear like a weird cyberpunk hell meltdown fear around yeah the machine knocked me up maybe i don't if there is then i don't think it's that she's playing into it so much as being like oh maybe what's this yeah yeah like yeah i don't get the sense that the film is like moralizing about it no or or even condemning any it's just kind of like hey look at this stuff that's happening yeah yeah because yeah like if you were gonna take that what i just said as like the canon truth of what Mm. this is about i don't even think it is i just think this is just an angle to go yeah. on it this would be very negative because it's like look at how horribly that ends right. for her and i i don't think the movie's doing that mm-hmm. but it is shown in that sort of spectacle kind of sense where it's just like isn't this fucked up mm-hmm. sort of uh i will give it that so yeah but but like by doing that i think you know just kids be made that it's gesturing towards humanity's anxieties because the most precious thing in society that everyone both for good and for bad is like the whole continuation of the species Mm. right like it's how many people that you know get caught up on like trans issues and stuff they're all like it's biological imperative like they always just boil it down to that could you hear my eyes roll yeah yeah i heard that up i heard the wet of them (laughs) rolling through your head well i mean that's always what's uh leveled on um the feminine body where you know like women distilled to motherhood yeah and to reproductive function yeah to vessels yeah, so... Um, Feminism in the 21st century, baby. Yeah, and it's actually... It's interesting. See how that makes it anxiety in this film? Because, um, you know, you especially get this from, like, a, a very sort of tech bro angle where it's, like, technology. We have we can't fetter it. Like, just think of, like, Elon Musk with Tesla and all that stuff where it's, mm-hmm. like, tech is where it's at. And no matter how bad the tech is, people just, like, no, but it's 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 advanced, so we have it to get into it. It almost fucking killed me and my family, but I think I should just appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, like... It almost became a fiery death trap that, like, cut my legs off, but, like... 
Tesla brand, man. Yeah, you know, it's, it's esteem. It's, you yeah. know, he's the smartest man in the world. But <laughs> it, it's doing that sort of a thing. But even with the, those kind of talking points, those are the exact same people that tried to stifle research, like even going back to like the 70s or 80s, of, hey, like these scientists, it's like, yeah, we have technology. You no longer need man to continue <laughs> it. You know, like we figured out a way just using like ovum. It's like, yeah, we can men don't enter into reproduction anymore and that research got fucking shut down mm. just like shut down because it's just like nope you can't do this this is verboten now all of a sudden you are playing god yeah exactly yeah because that research was a thing that was like happening <laughs> and uh they decided to cut cut away at it so i could see how this like we don't need no mans to have our baby we just need a really nice car <laughs> and maybe maybe that's like getting into the lesbianism of it all because of how many dudes are just like you know this is my corvette she's beautiful kind of thing where it's just like the feminine automobile well yeah i was thinking uh, like other than i guess the like you know the movie cars i was thinking (laughs) i was like before that i'm like all cars were girls yeah and so if we exclude the kids movie cars and there's probably some other examples but for the most part all cars are girls and Titan so, is like, so basically, what if? Yeah, when the car was just like, uh, nature uh, finds a way. Yes. <laughs> With the, uh, the car. Yeah. Yes. Jurassic Park, but Autobots or something. <laughs> Perfect. We nailed it. We've unlocked and, this movie. And even though the car is not a girl, it's still fuckable. Yeah. This movie is so brave. Yeah, that this, uh, this car's got big mommy energy. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying at this point. Mm-hmm. But, um... I think that this really bleeds well into the second half of the movie in terms of how there's sort of like a trans narrative mm-hmm. going on here with At least the, some gender fuckery. Yeah, some super gender fuckery. Because if we're talking about pregnancy in terms of motherhood and femininity and all that sort of essentialism, the fact that Alexia becomes Adrian mm-hmm. and is still pregnant. Yeah. It really in, in my mind it kind of evokes a lot of the, the bullshit transphobia out there towards trans men who have pregnancies. Right, and the people kids. who are saying that, like, by by using the term, you know, inclusive terminology, like, pregnant people, you're erasing women as if women aren't people. Yeah, you're telling on yourself <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, because uh, I, I think that that's an interesting look at how society tries to erase that like you see that because we'd already talked a bit about the whole like binding with the tape it's mm-hmm. very sort of like a you know Crude, trans men like, can probably relate to the like gotta yeah. bind it down with the uh, by any means necessary and in, in that case being very yeah. like you know potentially like damaging and mm-hmm. yeah like you said like any guide or tips or anything worth their weight don't do it anything you're like do not do yeah. this but then the fact that it extends beyond, like, breast tissue straight mm-hmm. up to the pregnancy. Well, I mean, the character's in the position where they have to hide it. Because, mm-hmm. uh... They're supposed to be a, you know, a cis man. Yeah, presumably a cis man. And that's really fucked up. You know, I think that that doesn't uh, stray too far from reality with the anxieties over the, the father as the... Uh, to be very Cronenberg and clinical, the incubator of the child. Mm-hmm. What's that? What's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Junior. Yeah, we're getting all junior with cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gary Newman's Junior. That's what we're doing here. On that token, though, if we start getting into the trans thing, there is 
something that I think could be misconstrued as a little transphobic, but I, I don't think this applies to this movie because I, I don't think this is what the movie's saying, but I figure it's worth addressing if we're looking at it in this, is that at the moment of birth, at the end of the movie, Adrian becomes Alexia again, almost like reverting back to I'm a woman now and accepted as a woman in order to birth the child. And, you know, I think someone could possibly make an argument that it's saying like, oh yeah, yeah having a child is ultimately a female act. Right, it's just like biological um, essentialism happening. I don't think that's what's going on here, but I think a big part is because so much of this conjecture, like we're, we're putting a reading on a movie that wasn't necessarily made with this in mind. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't fit perfectly, for sure. Yeah. And I don't want to sit here and do conjecture about to Carnell. It's like, oh, therefore, she's saying this gross thing. It's like, she hasn't explicitly said any of this. So, no. you know, this is all conjecture at this point. Exactly. But... Rather than, uh, I don't think it's um, entirely, therefore, like a, a bad trans reading at the end, mm -hmm. because conversely, if we set aside the pregnancy aspect of it and look more in the relationship aspect of this movie, Alexia is hiding out from her past as this dude. And clearly it is causing her distress because of the binding, and you see it on her body, like mm -hmm. her body is just being painful. ripped up. Uh, and she's just got to guard this secret for her dad. It very much made me think of, like, trans women. You know, like, before they are able to come out to their family. Like, she is the son to this dad. Mm -hmm. He will only accept her as a son. If anyone questions it, he shuts it down to the point of fucking being like, hey, bro, here's a propane tank and blowing his ass up <laughs> kind of thing just to, like, cover those, like, told you it was my son as the dude's, like, in half on the ground on fire or whatever the fuck happens. And there's these moments of sort of, like, breaking the gendered contract, like, for example, the dancing in the fire <laughs> hall, or just goes full uh, uh, striptease back Harkening back to the beginning of the mm -hmm. movie when a uh, wayfaring stranger kicks up again. And, you know, it's very like the dudes are just like, what the fuck? Uh. This is like a lady <laughs> stripper kind of thing. What's going on? And yeah. they're just sort of freaking out at this. That also, I think, if you want to do a trans reading of this, can apply to the ideas of how trans femme people have to repress that and lean into masculinity for acceptance from their family. Like mm. the dad accepts the son as long as he's a son. Yeah. Not uh, the uh, woman underneath it all. And uh, so I think if you want to talk about moralizing in terms of this reading, this is actually kind of positive because at the end, he accepts her with that whole, like, Adrienne. It's like, Alexia. It's like, right. Push now, Alexia. Again, very complicated because immediately before that, she just tries to bone down with him. And it's just like. Yeah, it's a little edible. Like I said, I don't think any of the readings we've uh, proffered today fits perfectly with the movie and I don't think they necessarily have to and that's mm. kind of what I love about it yeah well yeah I saw somebody saying that going off of having seen the movie and then seeing other people's takes on it they're, they're like it's like a choose your own adventure everyone gets something yeah. different out of this movie yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a similar tweet like that where it's just like I love seeing the different like hushed tweets that are being vague as to not spoil it because it sounds like everyone saw a different movie mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of cool I mean yeah. it seems that way too because um people I know who I thought would have really, like, loved this movie are kind of tepid on it, and then people that I'm like, oh, I don't know if you like this, they're like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. So, nice. you know, it's just like, who the fuck knows yeah. what you're gonna get That's with fun. it. And, uh, but in terms of not being able to really read the movie very well, because there's, like, I, I don't understand this movie, I don't think. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, when it was I over, because um, Cards on the Table, this is our second go of recording 
this part of the podcast. And we had to come back to it because after the first part, we're just like, what the fuck do we say about this movie? <laughs> and I don't think I fully understand it. But that's kind of what I like about it. Yeah. So it's really refreshing to see a movie that really works while it's like, it doesn't worry itself about mm-hmm. fitting everything together nicely with a little bow. And it shows that you could make a movie and still you don't have to explain everything. You can let meaning be found by the people watching it rather yeah. than like, here's the meaning. I have to make sure I covered all my bases. Right. It's sort of like... Um, make them do their own work. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people like David Lynch talk about this and other filmmakers where it's just like... Uh, You've probably seen this. I think it was David Lynch who said this one specifically, but it was like, uh, everyone wants to talk about the movie after they see it. And it's like, no, the movie was the conversation. Mm. And I think that's kind of applicable mm-hmm. here. And yeah. yet, here we are, talking about the movie afterwards. <laughs> We're trying, at least. Yeah. Oh, well, I liked it. Oh, yeah, me too. No, oh, it's... It's an experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad I got to experience it in theaters. Yes. But yeah, that, that was that. And um, I suppose... Know what we got to do next? Recommendations. I remember you. Uh, you said when I was seeing it, you're just like, after watching it, I have a recommendation. I'll tell you after you see it. And I remember as I was watching it, I was just like, that one crept into my mind because I was trying to think, like, oh, what, what was she thinking of? Then there's like, okay, I, I, think, I think I know. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it is um, from 2016. Anti-birth. We have another. Oh, I fucking love that one. Weirdo pregnancy, weird shit. A movie happening. we briefly covered on the podcast yeah. back when we did our like like our the third episode. episode. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, that's one I'd love to return to at some point. Definitely, to, to talk yeah. About. That pretty, one's a trip. I love that movie. Just like, well, also, you know, the yeah, dirtbag video. It's, it's trashy yeah, people. Dirtbag who doesn't oh. want to be pregnant, but it is. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, and seems thematically appropriate. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting because I would say both characters are kind of dirtbags, but yeah. in very different ways. Yes. And, uh, fuck. <laughs> good, good choice, good choice. Uh, my choice is going to be something probably a little more obvious because um, there were so many different things that this brought to mind, but I figure I'll just go with the classic. I'm going to recommend 1988's Tetsuo the Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Fits in with Crash as well. It's uh, the idea of the car crash and, by extension, the car as a transformative experience. Whereas in Tetsuo, um, this person who's involved in a hit and run starts mutating mm. into like wrecked car man like it's like chunks of oh, wrecked car okay. start sprouting out of his fucking I haven't body seen this one yet. it's so good like we have to yes. watch this yes and it also the it features into fucked up sex that goes like horribly oh, as, as it's just like as he's mutating he grows a drill for a dick at oh, one geez. point it's a fucking crazy movie all right um but yeah i think very good week for what we watched yes and, i agree yeah um coming up a couple episodes that uh, i'm excited about and uh oh god in november we're doing something i'm really excited about for this uh for this uh shit show of a podcast we have <laughs> till next time fuck your car <laughs> i legit forgot our sign <laughs> dude it's take it easy and keep it sleazy no <laughs> fuck your car fuck i mean do if you want like yeah. no judgment <laughs>